wellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to the One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicki Kelly and Natalie MacGyver. This is the One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the awesome power of paying attention and mindfulness, plus some everyday ways to strengthen your mental muscle. I'm Vicki Kelly. And I'm Natalie MacGyver. And it's a welcome. It's a welcome back to the show. We're on uh, show three now, Natalie. I know, and it's going so fast, and I've got to admit, I keep listening to them over and over because I just love them so much. Yeah, they. I have to say we've had some really great feedback, and I knew this would be an amazing show and an amazing message to get out to people anywhere I go throughout the world. Um, talking with people and sharing this message of short-form mindfulness is always very popular because people think it's you know can be so difficult and it's got to take lots of time and I have to be in a perfect state of relaxation. And yet what we know to be true is that we can do this in such short and simple ways to bring about amazing, amazing results. And that's certainly the feedback that we've had. Um, how about you, Natalie? Yeah, um, I'm getting some great feedback from a few people who have actually listened to many, many different styles and techniques throughout their their spiritual and their consciousness mindful journey. And some of the things that they're telling me that they love about the show already is that they're such quick and easy techniques such quick and easy tools that they remember right in the moment so in the moment of being you know cut off in traffic and and going into that normal reactive pattern of flaring up the fear the anger the the you know the bit of the road rage and then pulling the bird (laughs) <laughs> flipping the bird we don't flip the bird do we not in australia surely maybe no. you do over there <laughs> how rude it is rude but they're catching themselves in the moment so they're getting the the physical fire up in their body and the and the stress firing in their brain and then going hang on a minute mindfulness ah oh, go back to the breath just let it go i'm safe and in, in particular when when one friend shared that with me how she felt her whole state changed I reminded her that because, you know, you can't let a life lesson slip by when it pops up so fabulously like that. Of course not. (laughs) Ask my kids. Um, (laughs) The mindfulness there would, would also be to explore if I were more mindful, would I have been aware that that car was going to do that before, before I realized it saw it with my eyes? You know, if the driver was more mindful, would they be more aware of of the distance between us and me being there in my vehicle and not have cut me off? And isn't it amazing? I drive along and you would drive along motorways every day and not only are we distracted by the, you know, multiple voices inside our head often when we're driving because we're in, we're in that unconscious competence, and so we can we can almost drive um, metaphorically with our eyes closed, and so that allows us to to our minds to wander off onto the past or the future and worrying. But more than that, now you know people are eating, they're trying to drink coffee, they're texting or emailing, looking at a map. Um, I've been guilty of putting on makeup while I'm driving. <laughs> And so there's so many other other elements out there of of distraction going on that when when these things come up and are right there in front of us, I don't know how there hasn't been so many more accidents mm. that, that that happen because 
You're exactly right, Natalie. They emerge so quickly. And if we're paying attention to the task at hand, which is essentially what we're meant to be doing, we're more able to respond in a in an affirmative and positive way than we are when we immediately go into reaction. But it does bring a, a really important point up around one of the, the um, really key components of mindfulness, and that's being able to be attentive and aware of the rising of emotion. And when we strengthen our capacity and deepen our capacity for this state of mindfulness through our daily practices and daily rituals, which we'll talk a lot more about today in, in today's show, we're strengthening our capacity for mindful, more mindful moments as a natural default. And so when we feel that emotion and that reactivity rising in our system, we can bring awareness to it and instead of it taking control, even for a moment, we can allow it to just to be there and not have to source our response from that. And I guess then it becomes foresight, doesn't it? It becomes the more we practice mindfulness and mindful moments, the more uh, that's our natural, that our natural state becomes that, the more we will avoid those sorts of situations. Well, I don't, I don't know that we avoid those situations, but what I know to be true is that mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness and the state of mindfulness doesn't necessarily help us to avoid the crap that goes on in our lives. However, we can still be the best version of ourselves while the crap's going on around us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we can be a better version of ourselves regardless of what's going on around us. And uh, this is really, I mean, it's, this is a whole show in itself. You know, it's really easy to be mindful and be attentive and calm and relaxed but alert when things are going our way. Where I find the best action is, is being able to be mindful and present and calm and relaxed but attentive and non-judgmental when things aren't going my way. God, I think, Vicky, that's a couple of shows, hey? <laughs> <It> <laughs> Lucky is, we've got a great a, program here that we'll I, just roll out every fortnight because we're going to get to all of that and more, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, and we've, as, as I've said previously, we've got some great people that we'll interview on all of the topics that you and I will be sharing. And I know, Natalie, in the just before the show, we were talking about, gee, we should be recording these gems that we're sort of doing as, as our banter leading up to the show. We sort of have these these amazing conversations and so Natalie who is the the absolute my um the epitome of of being organized <laughs> she's writing all these things down so that we can bring them to you in in later shows but let's get on to today's show today's show is is amazing because we're going on the road with you Natalie oh, you've yeah. been in Indonesia the last couple of weeks and you were able to be part of one of their annual New Year's celebrations. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Is it is it called Nepi? Nepi or Day. Nep <clears throat> Nepi Day? Yeah, the Day of Silence. So it's an annual event every year and it, it's their um, New Year celebration. So unlike how the rest of the world celebrate the, um, New Year traditionally with lots of noise and partying and celebrations and things like that, their day, their Nepi Day of Silence is actually about reflection and silence and being um, with uh, indoors so the whole 
the whole country shuts down. It's it, there's no lights, there's no sound, there's no one allowed in the street, there's no one allowed in the in any of the businesses that you can't even fly in and out of Bali on Nepi Day. So they observe that that period for 24 hours, but the lead up to it is is what's really fascinating as well because um, they they precede the day of silence with um, processions and festivities and cleansing of themselves and their their uh, statues their holy statues they take them down to the down to the sea and they cleanse them and they cleanse their own bodies um, so it's it's what you'll see the day about lunchtime the day before Nepi um, processions of people walking hundreds of people walking in their beautiful gowns and they're going to the water or, or in truckloads you know jammed into the backs of trucks driving down to to the city to their village to come together and they make these so would you say there's a whole sort of ritualistic um preparation oh, to to the yeah. silence itself yeah it's and the and the purpose of all of that is to cleanse themselves bring in their gods, uh, honour their gods, their beliefs. It's a Hindu ceremony, but also to attract bad spirits. And these great big statues that are about 12 foot, 12 foot, I guess, made from styrofoam and and, um, paper mache, and they're the most beautiful works of art. Um, And they're so heavy, they put them on bamboo um, trays and they wheel them down, down through the village. So, of course, you can understand driving the day before is a nightmare, getting past any of this. And they bring them down the village, they do all sorts of dance and ceremony, and then they go and burn these Uga Uga statues, burn the bad spirits that have collected in them. Okay, and yeah. then the day of silence is all about the whole country being quiet so that if any bad spirits are lurking around, they think no one lives in Bali anymore and they'll go somewhere else. So that's the mythology of 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 that that whole ritual neppy day is is to to elevate and create um, lots of festivity and and activity and then go into a deep reflective introspection mm. of silence. Mm. Is are they doing it um, in isolation or are they doing it in community with family or? Um, a bit of both. A lot of people that I spoke to were travelling the day before back to their villages where they come from because, you know, they might work in Kudur or Legian or Denpasar, but they've come from somewhere else. So okay. they, they are travelling. So that's why a lot of the businesses are closed from about lunchtime the day before as well. Um, so they travel back to family. They come together. And, and some of that is out of necessity because the, some of the people I spoke to didn't only lived in a bedroom. So they didn't have cooking facilities. So they couldn't go out and get their food on Nebi Day. They had to be able to prepare everything Mm. at home and stay home. So even though they come together with family or friends, within that space, those that shared with me um, how they they spent their Nebi Day, they they do honour. They sleep. They rest. They they sit within. They do their prayers. They meditate. They they stay in in candlelight with just whispering and no loud noise. And and they're so proud of their day. They were so proud and excited that we as Westerners mm. were there on that day. And you know that those that were uh, working in the resort we stayed at were more talkative 
the morning after Nepi asking us, what did you think? Did you, you know, what was it like for you and sharing their experiences? Then, then the few days before we'd been there where they were just, you know, saying hello, good morning to us. So, that, it was, that, you know, it was a real honour to be there for it. And I'd like so to So it's something that, that they there. obviously they obviously really cherish as part of their ritual, a, a ritual practice of reflection and introspection and being able to either be with family without distraction and stimulation. It's, it sounds like they're, they're wanting to eliminate all stimulation for the day to be able to deepen that introspection and, you know, through a contemplative um understanding would be so that things like kindness and compassion generosity um, all of the you know those cornerstones of being deeply present and in in pure awareness can can bubble up to the surface because when we're constantly distracted we know that 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 those things are often not not as available to us as they are when we're able to be in, in this mindful state because when we're mindful we know that we just simply you know we make better choices and that's a direct result of being more deeply connected with that true essence of ourselves and it sounds like nepi day I, I did actually read something that it was not um, it was not as popularized as in, in as in more recent times particularly since the Bali, um, bombing, mm-hmm. uh, they reintroduced it as almost an absolute must for the whole, you know, the whole region, and that was because of this element of ritualizing the practice of introspection at least annually, so that the that compassion, that kindness, that all of those contemplative um, benefits could emerge as a deep result of that deepening uh, self-reflective time. And it's it's amazing, you know, in, in the West, we, we see it as quite a novelty to be able to be part of that. And, you know, being a, being a tourist and coming there and going, wow, this is incredible to, that all these people, that everything shuts down. And, and it wasn't really so long ago, even in the West, that you know, shops weren't open on a Sunday. There was, mm, there were, there mm. was, t- you know, there was time by default where family had together, where we we didn't have distraction. Where you know, in early days, early tech and TV days, you know, the TV finished at five or six o'clock and it was off for the night because there was no programming. And it's just the expansion of technology and the expansion of our craving and yearning to monetize everything and turn everything into a commodity that's I think just created this huge huge expansion of every everything stimulation and, and so I think it's and the business too absolutely. I mean we've just had Easter here and anyone that um and you know Easter only the shops only shut on Friday and Sunday in in Australia for Easter the supermarket shops coffee shops and stuff were still open etc um, but but the day before, the Thursday before Good Friday, there's the the line for people at the supermarket <laughs> and getting fuel and the bottle shop. Penny, penny, <laughs> the sky's going to fall. I know, in. and it's like one day it's okay, guys. You know, we can yeah. turn a tap on and get water. Um, yeah. and, and I was aware that with the lead up to Nepi, I was wondering, okay, um, are people going to go and kind of store up things because they won't be able to get to the shops the next day? And they didn't. Nothing changed for them other than they had a day 
of rest and reflection because barley mm. never sleeps. You know, they they work long days. The you know a lot of the businesses are open early and don't close till eleven. So I, I felt like the Balinese that I spoke to so loved their nappy day because it was a day where their family came together. Everyone was still. Um, no one was outdoors. They they weren't working, and and they actually also stopped. Uh, being influenced and affected by the busyness of the tourism industry there because mm. if the uh, it was almost like it was almost like if you happen to be in your normal life and you're you're driving somewhere at 3 a.m in the morning and you're aware that the, the city's asleep that's what it was like in in Legion, looking out from the resort the silence was just so golden because you couldn't hear scooters, you couldn't hear cars. Mm. It was, it was, it what you were aware collectively and consciously that the mass consciousness of that country were all quiet. So imagine how that contributes to to the the gratitude and the awareness and the and the abundance and love in their country. It's kind of like Earth Hour around the world where people exactly. turn their clocks yeah. off. Everyone just yeah. stopped. Yeah. So it was and a beautiful it, contrast. And isn't it isn't it amazing that that they were so excited the next day to know how you'd experienced it, mm. and the you know the joy that that you shared with me, the joy that that people felt because you had been able to be part of your first nepi, <laughs> and maybe that's a direct a direct reflection of them having that day in introspection in silence that they were able to get present and attentive enough so that that emerged the next day because it does deepen our experience of joy. Being mindful does deepen our experience of affinity with others. It builds, mm. you know, it builds rapport. And so I think about that as an annual event and I and I listened, listened to you um, right now but also when you were talking about it earlier and I was thinking about how can we – bring that ritual into our everyday lives because it, it's it was obviously a ritual mm, indeed. and if we can if we can ritualize which is you know one of the important components of a of a meditation or contemplative or mindfulness practice is being able to ritualize um the, our practice in a way but it doesn't have to be an event once a year it doesn't have to be for a 24-hour period because for many of us you know, two hours or one hour or sometimes even 20 minutes is just not possible. It's how can we ritualize things in a minute or less? Exactly. And, and is that possible? And what we know is that if all you did, and, and some people have said, you know, all I've done as a result of listening to your first show is um, notice where my tongue is <laughs> and and take one breath a day that I focus on and I'm also already noticing how different I feel. One person said, but more than that, it's my husband that's noticing how different I am. Yeah. And I actually think he's falling back deeply in love with me and finding me irresistible. That could be if she's practicing the three-second hug and the three-second kiss too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that always works. Yeah. There's some truth in that. Although I did, I, I asked about that and she said, no, I haven't even started that yet. I'm too, sc- I'm too scared. <laughs> look out, hubby. <laughs> look, so, yeah, look out, hubby. But it's how can we... I was thinking about how can we ritualize some practices that are, that, are, that it will take a minute or less to bring about the best 
the best moments for us and the most deepening and strengthening component of mindfulness. So I was thinking about in the morning and in the morning is a really great time. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you've got that snoozy, calm sort of, unless you wake up late or hit the snooze button too often (laughs) and end up jumping up, screaming out of bed. But that first moment when we wake in the morning, I think is a really powerful time, a a significant time that if we could ritualize a practice of just focusing on our breath for two or three breaths and then add an element of gratitude Mm. and intention. Mm. And if we did that for less than a minute, if we even did that for 30 seconds. You know, if I woke up, went, oh, I took a nice deep cleansing breath, long, slow exhalation, and then went, you know, I'm really grateful today just to be waking up in this beautiful land. And my intention for today is harmony. And then if I just got up and went about my day, as I would normally, and maybe notice where my tongue was and had another breath throughout the day. And and at the end of the day, ritualizing the end of the day with reflection of a, how did I go today? What was, you know, how did my intention, how did I experience my intention today of harmony, if that happened to be it? Well, I, I really felt amazing throughout the day. I felt more like energy and less like matter. So I felt lighter today and that brought a harmony about the way I was able to live. I'm really grateful that I was able to set that intention this morning. I noticed that in my breaths today, when I did notice my breath, I was able to be, um, to reset my system and become really relaxed and alert. And I love and bringing you- it into the, the common things that you do. So, you know, we the, the things that we repeat on autopilot every day, like driving somewhere, like yeah. hanging the washing on the line, chopping up the veggies for dinner. So mm. I've become really aware, you know, I'm just loving living this stuff, is that, you know, I was I was making cooking a, a frittata or something yesterday and I, and I was aware that why am I chopping this mushroom so fast? I have nowhere to go. Why am I being so fast here? So in the moment, I was really aware and I slowed down and I chopped everything slower and I was thinking, you know, my, my pieces are looking tidier and neater. You know, I'm chopping them with more with more consciousness, with more awareness than them being just all kind of different chunks. And, and then I really slowed down the whole process of cooking rather than making it something that quick, get it all in the oven, bang, 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 was like, what, why am I even rushing? When I write with a, with a pen, which we do a little less of these days with technology. Why am I writing so fast? Why mm. am I doing this at such a, a fast speed? So my my mindfulness is coming into the moments where I'm starting to see I do all of these things on autopilot, but wow, look how fast I am. What if I just breathed deeper and slowed down and actually w- went through the process of writing every letter or slicing every piece of of um, you know whatever I was cutting up vegetables more slower, um, and, and and the benefit of that in the system, the benefit of that in the moment is greater awareness. Mm. You know you have you, you have the ability to notice things that you wouldn't otherwise notice. You may have the ability to add uh, a deeper level of love in the preparation of the food, and and that is in an, in and of itself creates a whole different. Um, nutritional base for the food because we know that from lots of studies that have been done out there. But aside from that 
in the moment benefit. The benefit of doing those practices and bringing that awareness on a regular basis throughout your day is exponential for your system. And I think it, we can it, probably it, do a whole pile of shows on that, you know, how to be absolutely. mindful when we eat, how to be mindful when we drive, how to be mindful um, in our relationships, you know, with eye contact and really listening. Are you writing these down, Natalie? <laughs> yeah, I already got them down there. I'm very oh, mindful good. of my lists. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. You can and count just, on me, Vicky. You know you what, just, just on lists, if we wanted to bring a uh, a really highly effective, well-researched um, mindfulness practice. Well, it's actually not a mindfulness practice, but I've turned it into a mindfulness practice. You know the lists that we write, mm-hmm. the to-do lists? Mm-hmm. If we cross our to-do lists off, it creates a small but significant endorphin release in our system Mm. And it becomes we be, and we and we get to celebrate that and take in the good of that completion. Not only does it promote us to want to complete more, but it also strengthens our capacity for being able to be more present moving forward and more attentive and more mindful. Having endorphins in the system are amazing. They're great for relationships. They're they're great. It's an anti-aging serum from the inside <laughs> out. It's a it's one of the bonding and happiness hormones. And so simply that practice of not only making the list, but actually crossing the list off with the pen in the old way gives us a little release in the system that builds and strengthens our capacity for being more mindful moving forward. So and, keep and, those lists. And people love it. You know, like I've, I've always written lists for myself but I've never written lists for my kids. I just say to them, okay, could you do this? You need to clean your room, etc." Yeah. And then because they're, they're older now, they're in their mid to late teens, you know, they're, they're not here as often. So then I began writing lists that, okay, you've got the whole weekend but by Sunday night these are the things that I need you to have done before we get into school and work the next week. And I began to notice that they would get the list and they would go down and scan what they wanted to do first. They were starting to work out, if I did this, I could do that and I could do this. And then they were crossing it off with magnificence. And I thought, that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. There's such power. (laughs) There's such power that we don't even realise in that. And for, for for the parents out there, really listen deeply to what Natalie just said. Write, write your children lists, give them responsibilities, but most importantly, celebrate the effort and the outcome Mm -hmm. of those. And don't take for granted that you're going to write the list and they do it and then then not acknowledge it. You know, we're, we're very quick and I know I can be guilty of this, very quick to pick up the things that they haven't made their bed and they haven't done this and they hadn't done that. But what about all the things that they did do, that they did get up and get ready for school on time and eat their breakfast and hopefully put their dishes away? There is so much good to that we can scan out for and our practices of mindfulness, when we're strengthening our capacity for mindfulness, what begins to bubble up and emerge is our, uh, we start to scan for the good. Yes. And the more good that we scan for and the more good that we take in for ourselves and for others, we're, we're strengthening that so that we get to, to experience that more. Because 
our our default mode is looking for threat, mm-hmm. and threat threat tends to be negative. Yeah. So that's our that's our default mode. And so if we la- allow ourselves to be in that default mode, all we're going to see is what you know the glass is always half empty. Yet if we train ourselves to search for the good, celebrate the good, and take it in and marinate ourselves in the good, we're more likely to go out searching for that in the future for ourselves. But equally importantly, because I always like to think any development thing I'm doing on myself is not just for the benefit of myself. No, it's it also for is. the benefit for the benefit of those around me. And particularly, you know, if if you are in a life condition that you don't feel worthy of, of practicing mindfulness, don't do it for yourself. Do it for the people around you. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're all connected. And I, and I felt that really powerfully with Nepi Day, that there was that sense of connection mm. um, because we were all doing the same thing. Even, even those, um, you know, tourists, those holiday makers like myself that we're, we're in the resorts, so people were, were around the pool, they were around the bar, they were playing, you know, board games and chess games and stuff like that around the pool and using the spa. There still was a sense of quietness and respect from from, from the Western people holidaying there um, and mm-hmm. people took the opportunity to to rest as well because it's quite busy when you go on holidays to another country. You know, you've got limited time and lots to see and um, so, so I was really aware that the, the follow-on effect wasn't that there was a bunch of um, and we had a lot of people from all sorts of countries staying at our resort. It wasn't an opportunity taken for them to party and, and have this wild day, yeah. oh, my God, we're stuck inside. It, it was quieter. It was more reflective. Um, and, and the beautiful thing at night, um, we were above the pool, so everything was – there was all candles lit along our hallways, open candles and, and around the pool – so it looks really beautiful, but there were still small groups of people sitting around the pool. So no food or bar were open, sitting around there with each other, and it was just this tiny, soft hum of their voice. So everyone How was ironic. really reflective, sitting, sitting around with each other with nothing around them to distract <laughs> them. <laughs> no, no, I, I did see a few mobile phones light in the way down there, but you know, habits are, habits are not easy to break. It's just about being mindful. So I guess on that note, as we, we get close to the end of another fabulous show, do you have a magical mindful tip for us, a mental sit up this week that we can focus on? You know, I think I, I would come back to the ritual and that morning ritual of waking up, noticing your breath for a couple of breaths. Offering a gratitude. And for some, you know, some days it's easy to be grateful and other days it's really tough depending on where you find yourself. Mm. But being grateful for just simply waking up and then setting an intention out there for the day. And I always like to think of intentions as uh, something that I throw out into the future and pick up as a familiar friend along the way. When we set an intention for our day, and it could be a, a simple word, and that's always a good place to start. You know, joy is my intention today. I'll experience mm-hmm. joy in my day. And then being able to reflect on that in the evening just for less than a minute. Mm-hmm. How did I experience joy in my day today? And there might be, you know, y- your brain will immediately scan for all the areas there wasn't joy. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing is we're retraining the brain and the mind to find the moment of joy because there, there is whatever intention we set we will get to experience in some form throughout the day. That's notwithstanding all the other things going on around. They'll still be going on around. However, when we scan and focus for our intention 
of joy or harmony or peace or kindness or laughter or fun or excellence, whatever it is, then we're more likely to pick it up as a familiar friend throughout the day so that we can reflect on it. And and cutting ourselves some slack when we get to the end of the day and we haven't been joy or we haven't been calm. It's just it's just being mindful of that too. Wow, okay, didn't quite get there today. Where? How am I going to get there tomorrow? You know, we've got to be and kind to ourselves in the middle of all of this as well. Which is which is another amazing component and cornerstone of mindfulness is that non-judging. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're very we're very quick to judge on ourselves and judge on others. We are. So let's and let's stop. In a mindful state, we're not judging. We make better choices. And we can be kind and generous. Kindness, generous, compassion bubbles up. Fabulous. So are we, are we there? We are there, love. We are there. I am timekeeping. So how can people stay connected with us? Vicky, there's a couple so, of different ways. Oh, there's lots of ways to stay connected with, with us on the couch. Please, if you love this show, and I know that, that you do in some uh, form, please go to the website, www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash OMM show, as in One Minute Mindfulness. And on that, on the uh, Wellness Couch, you'll find so many other great shows. So it's not just about um, One Minute Mindfulness. There's so many other shows on the couch that and are all totally dedicated to supporting you in your wellness adventure. And if you do like this show, please go now and post it or tweet it or share it with your online tribe in the way that you do. And do go and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. So until next time, Natalie, uh, thank you for sharing your road trip with us. Um, And may we all get to live, love, parent and serve through our connected and mindful hearts. Yes, indeed. Till next time. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.